We shall do that. Um, yeah, have you caught any of the Women's World Cup yet? I was just watching it. The, women, the US are down. Nice. I mean, it was a... It was a... Uh, They've been playing pretty well, but they uh, um, are susceptible to the counterattack, I would uh, say. What about Ange Ball this week? 5-1. I know. That was something else, huh? Yeah. And uh, I was the, the fucking Philippines beating New Zealand or whatever. That was crazy. Yeah. Yep. So do you think Wild Harry shit. Kane will stay? No, but I'm hopeful. He'll either stay and he'll either be forced to stay and leave next year, or he'll just they'll cash in the hundred mil. Yep. What if you get a trophy this year, uh, though? What if we get a trophy this year? Well, I mean, it's going to have to be that. Would, I mean, I don't know if we're good enough. I, that's my. I, I think they played. They've played really well in this preseason. Like they're insanely fast. Yep, that's um, Ange. That's how he plays. Yeah, it's just like the fastest <laughs> shit ever. It's great to watch. It does leave you a little open in the back, but <laughs> yeah, um, it's more. I mean, it's, I'll tell you, it's a lot better to watch than the last few managers. So, I'd rather yeah. watch. I'd rather watch us play a, a five to four fucking lunacy match against Liverpool than try to fucking hold our ground and just get battered all all the game. Well, there'll be plenty of lunacy to go around. I can promise you that from watching the Australian national team. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. What's up, everyone? It's Griff, back from a relatively long trip to Chicago, I would say. Uh, the, uh, pretty pretty swampy over there, but reporting live from the uh, straight-up fucking oven that is Las Vegas. 114 degrees today, Tony. Fahrenheit. Well, now, you've got pretty nightmare conditions. What would you prefer, a straight-up oven or a swamp fest? I have a definite opinion on this, but I don't want to color your opinion. What would you prefer? I think I think this specific option at 114, I'd probably still take the 88 and sweaty. Oh, really? Now, if it were now, but let's let's bump bump it about five degrees down here and five degrees up there, and I'm ta- I'm switching. Right, so if it were only 108 here, yep. Okay, you know what? I can tolerate that. That's okay. If it's 90, if it's above 90 in Chicago, it's absolutely god awful miserable. Um, like people, the, the the difference being that you can go outside, right? So it's actually worse because then you're yeah. like, oh, I can go outside, and you're walking around and you're like, ah, fuck. But here it's just like, well, fuck that. Yeah, I don't want any part of that. I ain't <laughs> dealing with that. So you just stay inside, and it's great. But there you're like, oh, 90 and, you know, 65% humidity. I'll go out and then you walk four steps. You're like, no. Uh, that's a mistake. <laughs> I'm drained. So you, you, can't, you can't lock yourself in as legitimately as you can when it's 100 and something degrees. But Yep. Um, so I don't know. I guess I would say I, I still, I didn't mind walking around Chicago. It was maybe not 88. It was like 84, 86. So, rel- you know, tolerable. Yeah, tolerable. I did sweat like a, I sweat like a goddamn hog. 
smelled like I smelled god awful. I was walking around going to get my beef sandwich. I walk over there, I get there, I'm like, fuck me, <laughs> nasty. I go back and like shower twice for the day. It was really great. But um it was it was a good time. Uh, uh Tony, I brought home a, a epic shitload of beer. It was excellent. Excellent. Good to hear. Um all the stuff you knew about or did you pick up some few impulse purchases or what was what was the plan I did. of attack? So I had seven four packs of Rev for the <laughs> snag. Uh, actually, it might have been eight. Uh, I, knew, I believe it was eight. Um, so that that took up some space in the bag. Did go to my old bottle shop. Met the hung out with the gang over at Iron and Glass. Great people. And of course, I had to go do a little shopping there. Of I course, up you the did. beer and drinking right. Up the beer and drinking right now which is an Italian pilsner from a brewery called Triptych, which is from Eld College Town, Tony, uh, Champaign, Illinois. Excellent brewer, excellent beer. Uh, this was recommended to me um, specifically by the owner. It was $9 a four-pack, and it tastes wonderful. Um, and I picked up some Pipeworks IPAs, some <laughs> and, uh, Phase 3 shit, Um I, I snuck in all kinds of stuff. I ended up, my bag ended up weighing 60, 68 pounds, <laughs> uh, which is, uh, thank God I'm a status member on American because I just got under, <sighs> just got under 70. Uh, the, the guy at the desk is like, no, you can only be 60. And I'm like, bitch, look at my status. You know what I can get. <laughs> and uh, cut me some, yeah, he, he got me. And, and what did he say? My apologies, like, sir. Oh, sorry, sir. Yes, it's actually 70, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was right. All the red beers are wonderful. Can't wait to talk about them in the, in the beers of the week. Um, but one I did want to talk about that will not be a beer of the week, but was excellent. It won't win. And it was the beer that we had some consternation about, Tony. It was the Life Jacket. Yes. Uh, yep. That's the one that was recently released. This is the uh, barley wine with uh, juicy mango and guava and passion fruit. And Tony, I gotta say, I thought it was great. I thought it was lovely. Uh, I don't think it's not, not the one surprise. I would choose. It's not the one I would choose out of all of them. And it's maybe not one I would like put down a whole can of. Although in, in, a, in a moment where I didn't have any other rev cans, I'm sure I could. Um, but I thought it was very pleasant to drink. Um, very drinkable. Uh, very nice. A very clear. Tropical fruit flavors without being tart. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. So I always I, find I, that I recommend it. Give it a shot. I do find that um, somewhat strange. The fact that you can have these these really tropical fruit forward beers, but without any sort of tartness, and it doesn't play off in an artificial way. It, it confuses me to some extent, really, because mm. when you're eating those fruits, often they're quite tart. Mangoes when they're when they're not overripe, have a nice tartness to them. Stone fruits have a nice tartness to them, but yeah, it's I mean, it, maybe a hair of it. But I think it evens out from the sweetness. But it does not have the tartness of like drinking fucking uh, a, a fruited sour or anything. Yeah, like that, yeah, you know? I, I do get what you're saying there. I, I will. So I'll compare it to this. I had it's interesting. I drank the life jacket on on Friday, and and later that day. I went to a 
dinner with with my pals out there. Went and did a little tasting menu at a restaurant called Proxy. Highly recommended if you're in Chicago. A P-R-O-X-I. They do like sort of elevated Asian-focused street food, um, international street food. And they have like a little $75 tasting menu. Great deal, honestly, for what you get. Um, but as a like a mini dis or whatever, after we had dessert and everything, they brought these caramels out. They made these caramel little caramel candies. They're passion fruit caramels. Um, and it was, I'm like, okay, this is so perfect. This is what it is, right? Now, that one had a little more burst to it. Still finished like a caramel. It was, I'm like, damn, this would go perfect with that life jacket. That's crazy to think about. But um, it, was, it was funny that I'm getting all this passion fruit and <laughs> caramel flavor mixed in with me at all times. It's pretty good. You were you were out drinking some tart beer, my friend. You were you were not at <laughs> Barley Wine Fest like I was. So why don't you tell me about you what you were up to while I was gone? Well, can I say, and I hope you agree with me here, palate fatigue with sour beers is real. Like after you get through sort of three hours of a four and a half hour session, it hit me like you wouldn't believe. Just everything started to taste the same. We even went with a pilsner just to try and cleanse the palate. We weren't alone there, but um, it was... It was real. Uh, exceeded expectations. Um, extremely well-run festival. Nick and I both arrived there about 10 minutes early, got in line. Um, before the doors were open, we had armbands on, tickets were already scanned, just waited for the, for the doors to open up, and we walked right in. Uh, we walked straight up to Black... Black Mountain, is it? Uh, Nick, you'll have to forgive me. Uh, Black Arts Blending and Brewing, which is a guy that is open once a fortnight or once a month in the west of Melbourne somewhere. Um, Nick has been to his place. Um, we walked up. We asked for a beer de coupage. Um, Flesh, yeah, I see yeah. that. Um, really excellent beer. His first question to us, um, and the glasses weren't small, did we want a half or a full? <laughs> We're like, we'll take a half. Um, so the idea we thought was going to be ticketed, we were going to be limited to 44 beers. Um, I don't think we got through even 44. But they they said initially 60 mil pours, which is two ounces. I can tell you every single pour we had was over 60 mil. Even the 12% uh, barrel-aged out from Beer Farm was way over 60 mils. Most of them were were a third of a glass to a half a glass pours. Um, absolutely amazing um, quality of beer and quantity of beer, quite frankly, because every brewer at least bought two beers. Most bought more. They, they often bought at least two kegs and then s- some of their bottle or can range, or some just like Sailor's Grave, I think had six kegs on um, Sailor's being yeah. Sailor's. Um, and because it was a sour fest, a lot of the brewers were there in person. Um, so you could chat with them because it's the product they love, I think, um, and it's the interesting product. Uh, drank a lot of uh, beer to uh, coupage, um, drank a lot of gin barrel aged stuff. That was kind of a revelation. Uh, quite a few beer wine hybrids, um, something that I had at Molly Rose the day before 
uh, is an amazing beer that I could drink all day because it's not too sour. It's called um, Peach Peach Nectarine. Absolutely. Oh, man, I love anything stone fruit like that. God damn it, that sounds good. <laughs> and it tasted just like biting into the fruit, not artificially in any it way. It always does. Whenever you hit it right, those it tastes like fucking you can almost taste the fuzz on the peach. It's yep. crazy. Uh, just an amazingly well-run festival. The numbers were perfect. It was busy, but it you never really had to line up for a beer. Uh, the only one that sort of had any sort of line was Garage Project out of New Zealand for whatever reason. People were really in, enamoured with, with going to see their beers. And because Nick and I, being Nick and I, we just sort of find our own corner in a beer festival. And so we were hanging out, chatting with the, the brewmaster from from Garage Project for a good 20 minutes. Just yeah. about stuff. It's a brewery I'm familiar with. I mean, that's cool that, I mean... We we get their stuff. That's New Zealand, right? I mean, yep. we get we get beers from them. Yeah, yep. those those are good beers. Yeah, they they they're really good beers and great dude. Um, have a he he was great to hang out and chat with. As I said, the head brewer from Sailor's Grave. He was great to hang out and chat with because we just pulled up on the divider next to them because they just used tables as divided. Um, and you could it was a really relaxed festival. Nobody. There were a few people that looked kind of sore towards the end of the session, but we yeah. we didn't see anybody making an ass of themselves. It wasn't yeah, yeah. the issue that you get at, say, Gabs, where um, people make a dick of themselves because they've only got a certain amount of time to get through all the beers. I don't think anybody uh, would have had a chance to get through all the beers. Perhaps the brewers would have given themselves a shot because they've got three sessions and a whole bunch of time. But even then, I'm sure there's stuff they would have missed out because – not everybody was pouring everything at every session. So um, amazing, just did you get, amazing did you get time. Any, you get any heartburn situation? That's what I was, well, that's what I was kind of talking about with the um, okay. palate fatigue. I thought it was more just palate fatigue, but you were getting legit. I mean, that's what happens to me. I, I just am like Tums Central, man. It's it's terrible. Yeah, I I should have actually done that. And that's next time we do this because we will be doing this again. Um, I think that's something that we need to sort out. Uh, the other thing I will mention is the food because we went to um, Dingo ate my taco. I think the tacos lived up to Nick's hype. They're the Iberia tacos that I've mentioned yeah, beforehand, yeah. Um, and they were really good. And then I grabbed half a dozen oysters for Nick and I to share with some hot sauce on them. So, who, yeah, really good. Who doesn't love a great Australian oyster? Some oysters last week. We had some visitors here before I left for Chicago last Monday. Went to a place here in Vegas. Recommend this place as well. I've been there many times since we moved here called Other Mama. They want to clear up, by the way. Uh, Brian, Brian, who is Brian Malika, a person I see much <laughs> once a week, maybe. Yep. I uh, was like, I think he's been here about a year now. <laughs> I've been here two and a half years. <laughs> Come on. I've been here for 30 months. Uh, uh, just for the record. I, I just wanted that on the, just wanted that out there in the public that I, I was, I'm not coming up on a year in <laughs> Vegas. I've had to sign two, had to sign like, I've had to go through three rent increases or whatever by this point, for God's sake. <laughs> Anyways. So just, uh, just wanted to put that out there. Anyways, I um I we went to Other Mama, and uh, they were doing like a 
they were doing they do oysters all the time, but they had some PEI oysters that tasted fucking awesome. Some Prince Edward Island oysters that were absolutely on point. I can't wait to try oysters there. Do you, I'm sure you guys have, do you guys have there's Australian oysters, I assume, right? I've never yeah. had one. The most famous I can't wait to eat that. is is and something you'll have to try in Sydney is the Sydney rock oyster. I think the weakest of all our oysters, actually, um, the ones we had at Blobfish were uh, South Australian oysters, big fan of those. Uh, and if you do, do come down this way on your trip, um, one place I would like you to take, take you to, it's another two hours east, but we can work out a way to get there, um, is Lakes Entrance, and they have a whole bunch of great oysters um, in connected towns that are just absolutely killer. Really briny, really quite salty. Um, not as big as what you would be used to, I think, a lot of times in the States. Most of the Australian oysters are a little smaller, but um, I really like them. I don't have them – I don't have anything to compare them to. Um, but, yeah, I love them personally, so – uh, we have we have like every because I mean I'm sure you have this too but the country's so big and you can get oysters at any point I mean there's places yeah. I had never I didn't know South Carolina had fucking oysters we went to South Carolina I'm like you guys got your own all right so I, I mean, those are great best ones I've ever had still are the Pacific Northwest ones which I've never they're they're quite large um, and they taste like um, melon and cucumber and I and I'm not someone with an advanced palate. Any yep. stretch, it, it, as I've explained many times, that I um, that I think I could always pick those flavors out in a in a complex way. They fucking taste like eating a cucumber. That's why it's fucking amazing. It's like a salty cucumber, marinated cucumber. So those are my favorites. Are the ones you get in Seattle, especially at a place called Walrus and Carpenter. So now, how do you have them? Are you a natural person? Are you kill petri? Put shit on them. I like, and the funny thing is I like all the stuff. Like, I always want to try everybody's, like, fancy mignonette. I, like, just taste it. I just, like, get the spoon out and, like, oh, that is good. And then I just eat the oysters because yep. I don't really like much else on them. Sometimes if if, if they're not, if I just know they're not going to be amazing. Look, I've been getting bar oysters at, a, like, a kind of seafood bar place. I'll squirt some lemon over it. That's good enough yep. for me. Um but I, I'm not really one to put a bunch of sauces on them usually. I will say this is the first time I tried hot sauce because they had their own, um, yep. Two Buck Shuck had their own branded hot sauce and it was killer because it had a good amount of vinegar yeah. and that really works well the same way as the lemon does. Big fan of that. So the Great. other th- yeah, the other couple enough. of places I hit up on the, on the trip, it wasn't just Blobfish, Blobfish. Nick and I think it was the best value ticket we've had for a beer festival in Australia, and that's saying something. We've, d- we've done quite a few together. Um, but I did hit up Molly Rose the day before. Um, went Great. to Molly Rose, hang out at their brewery, um, drank some amazing beer, and had a snack, and it wasn't too pricey. But boy, Molly Rose from when Nick and I first went there, it we were Victoria itself was still going in and out of lockdowns. Um, it's got a lot bigger. Molly Rose has expanded. I think it's three times the size of, of what it was, um, and they've now got a pilot system that's um, three hundred liters as well as their main system. So they're they're going from strength to. Th- to strength, um, went to uh, the mill, which I've been to before, um, and I had tacos there as well because you've got to 
eat the berry tacos wherever you can get them because they're that good. And uh, then I found some Mikula at uh, Beer Mash, so had to try one of the Mikula sours that was on tap. And which one was it? Oh, I checked it. You know, probably checked in the wrong one because there was eight oh, different. Let me food. check. I'll look. look, I'll look yeah. I yeah. didn't know if it was one of the Bauhauen ones. That's the one I'd be. Uh, let's see if I can find it here. Uh, sure, keep going, Tony. And so the after Blobfish, Nick and I. Well, Nick really wanted to check out this place called Benchwarmer. We're going to have to take you there. It's a bizarre little place. Um, their address is West Melbourne. We think it's North Melbourne. Those suburbs are, are really weird and and smushed up in the corner of, of Melbourne. Uh, it's a Japanese restaurant with uh, imperial um, barrel-aged stouts on tap and an amazing fridge selection. We had kangaroo, we had chicken karagi, a whole bunch of stuff. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, so we'll take you. You had hollow, hollow Ichbin Berliner Weiss raspberry. I'm sure that was pretty fine. Like yeah. that's that's not their best stuff, but that's a nice tasting beer. Yeah, and it wasn't dear, so I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. All right. I, yeah, I want to go to Jap- – hey, listen, I love Japanese food. Karage is, I mean – Fried chicken, essentially fried chicken. Um, it is fried chicken, but this something is, is amazing. I did go to Lok Lok, which is Korean fried chicken. I think it's L. Get rocks too. Yeah, that an endless supply of Korean fried chicken joints here. There's like thousands of them. I feel like. Yeah, there there is in Melbourne, so um, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, um, and the new thing is the 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 cheese dog. Is that a craze that's going on in America as well? Cannot cannot get away from the potato crusted corn dog or hot dog thing, the or or like with the cheese tube in there. Um, you know, I really don't want the cheese. I got to be honest. I'm not. I'm. <laughs> I, I've talked about. It. I've. I have a little like child stomach, so eating a big wad wad of cheese is sort of a little tricky for old Griff these days. Uh, I would eat a dog with the potato crust on it. That shit fucking looks good. All yep. about that. Have you seen that, Tony, with the potatoes and everything on there? It looks yeah, fun. I have. It looks delicious. Big fan. Yeah, I'm all about that. But we have a million of those places. Yeah, there's actually one next to the. If I talked about the shady Italian place I went to on here, I think I did. Yeah, the drug front Italian takeout place. <laughs> I picked up some like chicken parm. Everybody was wearing taxi driver caps. They had their windows were totally covered up. <laughs> fucking decals. And uh, on the inside, the first thing you see on the right is the 9-11 fucking Twin Towers. Never forget. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is this place? I heard so much good stuff about it. I got all this red sauce Italian. It's like Italian-American, New York-Italian, red sauce Italian stuff. Fucking good, though. This place was really, really good. The the biggest, eddiest, nastiest um, Italian cured meats sandwich just with every ham on it. Um, and all those pickles and everything, and then um, like chicken parm sandwiches and everything. Anyways, yeah, that that place rocked. But um, next to it was a goddamn Crunchies or whatever, which had the Korean hot dogs. Yeah, Crunchies is everywhere yeah, in yeah. Melbourne. So if you want yeah, yeah. Crunchies, um, yeah, you can. There's one in the stadium. There's one in Allegiant. You can go get. <laughs> you can go get them in Allegiant. I'm sure they sold out at BTS. Uh, without but a doubt, it's quite true though. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's also true though, Tony. 
Um, that's awesome. All right, cool. I can't wait to go. I, listen, we, we, we're going to be talking about it for the next four months, um, but I cannot wait to go visit you and eat all this insane food and eat um, uh, all the um, karage and Korean hot dogs and Philly cheesesteaks that Melbourne is so famous for. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've got uh, one decent Philly cheese place. That, that's it. Everything else. It's it's kind of weird because um, it's been a while since I'd been in that corner of Melbourne where I was staying. The It's sort of the northeast corner. And that used to be really dead north of Burke Street and specifically the eastern side of, of Russell and Russell Street in – you guys won't know where it is. Nick, Nick knows where I am. But it's gone from strength to strength as a food place. The amount of people – that were doing the very Melbourne thing of lining up to go into a restaurant on a Saturday night in Russell Street was fucking amazing. It, it's it's become the like hotbed of like trendy um, Asian eateries, not just Korean, but Chinese hot pots. Big. If you want to do Chinese hot pot, we can pick any fucking place in the city because they've all I got Chinese love hot pot. pot. You in Vegas too? I mean, Melbourne's a bigger city than Vegas, but. Um I, I mean, you can't go, can't go forty feet without a dim sum and a hot pot no. place um, right in your face. Not that I don't love them both, um, but you do have to be selective. You know that with the hot pot, you really don't want to want to fuck around with that. Not because it won't be good, but because you can just have like an unsatisfying experience. I think the same thing about Korean barbecue. You really want like quality maxed out. Yep. You want them to be using some kick ass meat you to be doing this Korean barbecue. You don't want to be cheaping out on that stuff, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, it's going to be wild. Uh, I appreciate all the tips we're getting. Why don't, you know what? While, while we're talking about it, why don't we shift into our Discord segment and we can we can go through some of this stuff. All right, we're a couple weeks uh, out here, so I'll... Um, I'll try to go back in time a little bit here. You tell me which thread we're starting at. I'm on I'm on seven thirteen in the general channel. Uh, I think so. This is from Nick Torque. Victoria prepares to launch a ten cent refund scheme for returning empty empty cans and bottles to recycling points. Here's an example of a can labeling from the UK. What does the lower left symbol mean? So we have four symbols on the can here. Uh, one is a recycling um, symbol, has the number 41 in the middle. I don't know what your numbers mean. Um, our numbers here mean they rate, they rank how hard it is to recycle the thing. So one is very easy to recycle down to like six is the, mo- is the hardest yeah, to process it. That's kind of how our system works. Again, this is a UK can, so not... Um... I, I wonder what... If, if it... They don't put a forty-one on ours. If it's forty-one, it just says it just says you have to put it in the landfill, bitch. Like you ain't, we ain't bothering. <laughs> um, we can barely get them to bother with one. So um, this is, and then it's then it's got a man throwing something in the garbage. So maybe that's just saying like recycle by being man put in garbage. And we have uh, a international no sign. Over the number eighteen, I don't. That's kind of confusing, but I'm guessing that means you have to be eighteen to. Yes, I'm guessing the, the beer. Same. We have the same symbol over what appears to be a 
um, a, uh, not stick figure, but a figure of a pregnant woman. Uh, and then we have, I'll save it for the last, the, the one on the bottom right is a picture of a car behind the international no symbol, which is don't, I assuming don't drive. Yes. And on the left there, bottom left here on the Discord, and if you want to see this stuff, go ahead and join our Discord gang. But it is a man who appears to be from far, I mean, from my distance, he does appear to be jacking his meat. Yes. Um, I can't I can't really fathom it anything else. <laughs> he has his hand down by his meat, and there's a there's definitely a wand of some kind coming yeah. out of his crotch, which I could assume what that is. I'm having a hard time parsing what that could mean. I, I don't think, I mean, unless this, I don't know what this <laughs> does. Um, if it leads you to fucking one on your hog or whatever, but that's something else. Yeah, because it's not like, the only thing I would say is perhaps he's having a pee, which makes even less sense, but... Because he's got with his hard cock out. What is it? Good luck. I'm just saying the bent knees is the thing that (laughs) weirds me out. If he had straight knees, yeah, I'd say he's jacking it. But with the bent knees, I really am unsure what he's doing. Um, We have like some cute little bathroom symbols that have like the traditional eye symbol and and lady symbol. They're like sort of holding their little private crotch there. Yeah. Right. Usually they don't. They typically don't have the fucking thing sticking out of it. I don't know what that is. Not in the draw this onto it. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Why? Uh, I don't know, but um, honestly, if beer led to just beating off, I think that'd be better, right? It seems to lead to leads to worse things, right? It's easy. <laughs> if it just made you go home and pull on yourself, like that would we would have a lot less problems in the world, probably, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. I think that's the solution to world peace. Uh, right. If, you if look you at get the tipsy. Room, you look home at the, and don't put your phone. Don't text anyone and just you know, get it over with. Yep. Get the poison out. Right. Exactly. Free uh, of charge, as I learned, you know, to do that. Uh, don't have to don't have to call anyone, um, or look at a Yelp review or anything. Excuse me. Bless you, Tony. Oh Lord, Ugh. help us! All right. Um, so we got also Corey posted this. He got an ad on. I mean, so if you aren't a supporting member like me, you are getting fed ads on Untapped these days. <laughs> and uh, Tony uh, and Corey got fed these that say he's getting some T-shirts here that say. Got one that says white, straight, Republican, and male, and I can't see the script. The script is sort of too hard for me to read. I guess I could try to zoom on this here. How? It says, how else can I piss you off today? Uh, It's really written in that, like, small script that's hard to read, so that's not very helpful. I, I, and then, if at first you don't succeed... Try doing what Bob told you. Try doing what Bob told you to do the first time. And we got one that's way too unintelligible. I can't read the top right one. Yeah, that's got to be um, a right-wing meme of some description that I'm not familiar with. So uh, that's what he, that's what Corey's getting fed for ads. We we won't ask what he's looking at on the internet or no. anything. <laughs> guess that's bringing that up. But they are ugly T-shirts. I got to agree with him there. Um, and 
Uh, I mean, they should just be. I mean, maybe he's just getting pumped in because he's checking the ratings for ultra right conservative Ed Beer or whatever the fuck that was. Um, Nick had a little post uh, today. This is about um, alcohol's first. Oh, sorry, alcohol's <laughs> first. first. <laughs> oh, uh, it might not. Have gone it turns out it's not All right. Australia's first alcohol-free bottle shop enters administration. <laughs> bitter irony. <laughs> and a bitter irony for alcohol-free bottle shop sans drinks. The business entered administration during Dry July. Do you guys have Dry July? Yeah, some people do it. Um, Jimmy the Brewer wasn't particularly well from Mafco, um, and he had a enforced dry July, but uh, normally it's something you do voluntary. It's like no fap November. Um, yeah. I thought it was no jizz November. Well, yeah, that's what no fapping is. No fap. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. No fuck. You... I'm like, well, I mean, whatever. No, that's easier no. for some people. It's, it's no fap um, November. So it looks like this place uh, was, I mean, they had a lot of inventory for being non-alcoholic. You guys must have a depth of non-alcoholic bevies floating around. I know we have some, but this is a, this is a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, it looks like a lot of the same bottle in a bunch of different places, got to be honest. That's true. Now, I've, it's not that I disapprove of anything like this. I just, just haven't found anything I like, and if I don't want to drink, I usually just drink like a, like a soda. Yeah. Or, a, or some water. Water's yeah, yesterday great. I had I had a ginger beer, you know, I was in, and mixed it up with a little soda water just to cut the sugar a little bit. Even this thing's fine. delicious. It's by a small little artisanal company called Coca-Cola. Um, oh, I've heard of these guys. Yeah. Coca-Cola been around note. for a while. No sugar. It's a new variety. It's a wildly different variety than their other varieties. Big fan. And Coca-Cola no sugar raspberry. Big fan of that too when I can get hold of that. So this lady said that uh, her business took a hit after being attacked by supermarket giants. She claims that her idea was copied by major chains. Her sales of the same non-alcoholic drinks she stocked gave her stores no point of difference. Uh, Woolworths and Dan Murphy's jumped on. Okay, that's kind of silly. I got to be honest with you. Um, so, like, it happens. I don't know what. Can can grocery stores sell alcohol in? Yep. They can, right? You have a fucking IGA sells alcohol. Yeah. It's a little um, room off to the side, separate cash registers. Um, it's not like in a gas station where you, it's just Florida's in the Florida's that way. Yeah. Very, okay. very much the so, same. So she always knew. I mean, the grocery store in, in here, right? We have grocery stores. Uh, Illinois has grocery stores. In fact, the Jewel, which is essentially the Albertsons analog, um, as a huge craft beer section. Yep. Um, they carry every good craft beer at Jewel. They they carry fucking Three Floyds. They carry Zombie Dust. They're carrying these special Goose Island releases, all this stuff, right? Um, but every bottle shop also sells those beers. Often, maybe for, it might even be an extra dollar. They're not getting the negotiating power no. of knees or Jewel or whatever. And sticking around so i guess i guess i would say i i don't i sympathize with this lady for feeling like she's been um she she 
beat out by the massive megacorp. I'm not going to side with the megacorp. Fuck them. But yep. you do have to kind of you got to think about that. You got to You're going to have to think about how am I going to compete with with these big businesses because in, inevitably they are going to start selling product because all these little companies are going to want to fucking get their product into that store because it's a big ass grocery yeah, store. They they want to do the biggest volume that they can and her little shop selling a handful of beverages isn't going to cut it now i think the problem with her is she's yeah the supermarkets have caught on to this but let's be honest her business model was pretty fucking wacky to start with like what percentage you can buy that stuff at a place that has booze yeah i mean you you don't have to go to a separate one yep any sense and, uh, and if you're an alcoholic, stuff. just order it online with a bottle of vodka. There you go. Perfect. Now, now we're talking. Um, Where are we headed? Into the beer chat. Into the beer chat, Tony. Let's go back a little bit here. There's yep. so many beers. We had some good conversation about cold beer. Um, we've talked about anchor closing, but thank you to Grammar for posting that. Um, yeah, Max Allotment drinking some and pump carton color beer called Scra, um, which sounds wonderful, looks beautiful. Uh, T Woods drinking some double barrel Benthic. Can't say no to that. Of course not. Uh, we did learn today that Corey did not get his hands on the um, Malt Vin, the side project Evil Twin collab, uh, aged in Willet bourbon and rye barrels for 19 months. Uh, Sorry about that, buddy, but it sounds good. Um, and my my drunk uncle, Chris' drunk uncle, was out. Uh, he was sipping on beers. We got some Bush Light out here. Um, <laughs> Which I, and, I've uh, heard from somebody that uh, Bush Light is just the stuff that doesn't pass muster as Bud Light and then gets relabeled. I, I'm trying to figure out who might have said that. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Somebody out here might have yeah. said that, yeah. But... Um, Yes. Uh, so he asked, "What's the coldest beer ever?" Uh, he well, he didn't ask this. He said he told us what the coldest beer he ever had. It was at the Four Kegs in Vegas. Now Four Kegs uh, has been on Triple D, Tony. It's a place that makes Stromboli, a divey place up by UNLV. It's a good place. Been I haven't been there since we moved here, though. I've been there, but I haven't been there since we since we moved here. I actually been there twice. Um, and and it's a it, they make a good Stromboli. You can't can't argue with that. Uh, I was going to say the coldest beer I ever had was a Miller Lite that I left resting on the back rim of Soldier Field. Um, <laughs> That'll do and it. And it did de- it did develop ice crystals on top of the beer. It was <laughs> negative twenty outside, quite cold. And I, I got to put up the entire country of Brazil, which does specialize in making beer cold. I think I talked about it here. They pack the fucking tap frid not not fridges, but the tap like constructions that come out of the bar top. Yep. They pack them with the ice. Fonts. Um, yeah, the font. Yeah, the whole thing's packed with ice, and the lines are packed full of ice and everything, just so that you get the coldest goddamn beer popping out of there See, at all times. They put the they put the bottles in these big insulated, like tight as fuck koozies. Yep. Um, that are like insulated with metal and and the foam insulation and everything, so that your beer will stay cold if you're drinking out of it outside. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's wild stuff. That's all they're thinking about is how cold I can make this shit. Out of being frozen. <laughs> Amazing. 
Yeah. I wonder um, if the uh, koozies have a screw-off lid because uh, I know bamboo, bamboozled, bamboozles you from time to time. Oh, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing with those things, bro. Yeah, fuck. Uh, all right. So we got um, – oh, we did find out that uh, – we're going to talk about this a little bit in beer news, but uh, we, we do have the anchor employees hunting down a chance to try to get to the brewery, but I have some more detail potentially on yep, that. we'll save that. Beer news. Um, there's some more talk about beer temps with Nick Torque. Uh, he did take a picture here of um, – these fucking icy cold beers. A lot of these look like they're in Spain and Greece. Yep. I so mentioned like, the Greeks. Um, have it Australia. I see a Greek one here. It's hot there. Australia Dam. On Miguel. Uh, that's some cold ass looking beer. And I'm sure it tastes nice. That's a beer that tastes good. Cold as shit. So. Yeah. Just hope it, their freezer you know? clean. Yes. That's what you need. Yep. Um. And then uh, we had some pictures of you guys hanging out at Blobfish, drinking at Molly Rose. Yep. Peach, peach nectarine does look amazing. Great color on that one, by the yeah. way. Um, very cool. Uh, I, I, I put up a nice pick here of some VSO Boss Ryeway. This is not going to be the beer of the week either. Got that picture cup. of Boss Baby on it. <laughs> they pre-pour everything in plastic cups. They had a fuckload of people there. It was crazy. They just sort of are dispensing these beers in, like, stacks, like rows, um, <laughs> to try to get them out. And uh, it tasted fine in a plastic cup. It's barely carbonated. Um, uh, but this was a drier one. Uh, so they use all dry blend um, ryeway barrels, or, and, and then they um, stick them in the cognac barrel. Had a little bit of a rum barrel component, too. It's super tasty. Good shit. Um so highly, highly recommend that. Uh, but good luck finding it. It was a draft only variant, so fuck off. <laughs> good shit. Um, PMAC. PMAC was at Australia's opening World Women's World Cup match on Thursday night, and the beer options were a disgrace. Northern Super Crisp or a zero booze version of the same. I drank overpriced cans of mid strength Jameson's dry and lime, as well as some mid strength margarita premix. Crap. <laughs> My ass is drinking at least one great northern super crisp while I'm in town because that sounds god awful. <laughs> well, you won't have any dramas getting a hold of that beer, I can tell you that much. Because uh, it's it fucking good, everywhere. Huh? Um, yeah, PMAC, this surprises me because we've seen a reversal, at least in Melbourne stadiums for AFL games, where the beer options have opened right up. We've gone back to full strength alcohol. Um, in Australia, Where? full strength being around the five, five, two mark. Uh, but before everything was mid strength, like PMAC was talking about with Great Northern essentially being the only option. Um, maybe this is a World Cup thing, exclusive um, beverage contracts. I don't know. Or it's a stadium Australia or whatever that fucking stadium's called now. Maybe those are the options, but that is pretty shitty. Um, hey, we. I mean, Jameson's dry and lime, that's like a can, is that a can cocktail yeah. type? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can three that's mix, fine. but it's mid, mid strength as well, coming in at three or 4%. So they water that stuff down to uh, to keep the crowds under control. And in I'm going to watch all these broads play football with a 3% yeah. boost. <laughs> I, I know. And the thing is, for years, for 
the AFL, you couldn't use cans. You had everything had to be in a plastic cup. Now we've gone back to being able to use cans in the stands, which is great. Yeah. And I knew that rhyme when I said it. It is crazy to think about how they used to just give, like, Eagles fans beer bottles in the stands, right? I mean, that's that wild, wild to think about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fucking stupid. Um, all right. So uh, he does say that the beer at the World Cup game is better in, in Qatar than it is in Australia, which is fucking funny to think about, which is because that is a country that you can't have booze in pretty much. So, yep. Something else, some posts from Nick from Blobfish. Um, I, I did check out this pastry stout. I didn't. I thought it was going to be all sour beers. Looks like you got a pastry stout snuck in there. It was um, as long as it touched a barrel or was a sour. So yeah. Okay. All right. So this is rum barrel aged imperial pastry stout from Beer Farm. Yep, Beer Farm in WA. Uh, you won't be saying that. Good. Far How, west. Did you try this? How was this? This was amazing and. Tell you what Sounds a healthy great. pour on that sucker too for a twelve percent beer at a beer festival. Some lovely pictures. This reminds me a bit of like what, like it's, it's certainly elevated in a way. Um, the, you know what? This doesn't remind. This is a nice beer fest. This is like a high end experience. Yeah. And this is the this is what I talk about when I'm like spoiled with beer fests. Just I don't I not I'm not going to any ass beer fest. I, I need to either be in like a special place. Or I want I want to do something nice with all the best breweries yep. where it's comfortable in there, where they have a nice setup, where nobody's like pushing each other around, where I don't have a bunch of drunken like teenagers everywhere. Um, I'm I'm just bougie like that now. I want like a slightly elevated experience with my festing if I'm going to do it. Well, you would have been right at home here. Now the discussion Nick and I had. Are you familiar with the jockey box? What a jockey box is? Maybe they called something different. Yep, that's the thing you get at a fest. I mean, I see one right here. There's, yeah. they're all here. I see a bunch of them right here. Yeah. See, Nick maintains that the glycol chiller with the electric connection is more professional, or than the jockey box. I maintain that the jockey box say it. It actually says that you go to more beer festivals because. You understand that there's probably going to be a lack of power. It never fails. As long as you've got ice, you can serve cold beer. So I reckon the jockey box is the pro move. The electric glycol chiller, that's for somebody that doesn't go to a lot of beer events. What's your view? I'll say this. Um, so Mickler, they provide all of the tap apparatuses for everybody. Yep. They aren't jockey boxes. They just have, they have like those kind of – so they aren't, they aren't having to put – eggs or anything into like coolers or anything like that or ice yep. chests or anything like that. So everything is kind of chilled and it's independently. Um, I don't, I got to find a picture of it so I can remember how it works, but I think it's that thing. I think it's the electric glycol chiller type setup and um, it's sweet. Right. But that also doesn't show like you're, you're it, it essentially your argument isn't part of it. Right. Because it doesn't show anything about the brewer. They just show up with ke- – all they do is <laughs> ship some kegs across the ocean yep. and show up, and everything's fucking set up for them. That's per- Now, that's a kick-ass thing, yeah, right? That's, now, you're, now you're feeling good, right? Red, red that's, a, that's a whole other world. Now, when I worked Fobab, everything was in a jockey box. Um, they provided all the jockey boxes in that case. So they had a shitload of those, and we had to fucking load up ice into these um, fucking tubs and stuff. Yep. 
It was a monster pain in the ass, I'll be honest, when I was volunteering for that. That was a big bitch to do all that work, but yep. and we did it, and it, it got my free ticket and everything. But Yeah, this thing looks great, Tony. You got, and they're just giving you whole cans of pills. Well, we had to pay for that. But the um, okay. post before, um, Nick took, um, <laughs> undersold my inhaling of the uh, uh, Creek de Brune um, because yeah. I went for the sniffy sniff, and there was more in the glass than I originally thought. Easy so I can breathe it in. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, and you know that beer isn't the, uh, like, it, it's not super sour, but it's a decent amount of sour. It stripped everything from my nostrils. Like, you wouldn't believe. Oh, no, this, it's, like you snor- it's like you just snorted your first Coke. Um, all right, good. Uh, that pills looks delicious, by the way, Tony. I'm still eyeing up the pills. Um and you guys went to bench warmer. That looks good. Okay, this does look good, Tony. Um, beer hall and bottle shop, and they have all. Okay, that's neat. And uh, some more conversation about that. I had some pictures of me with uh, some of our uh, listeners here in Chicago. Very cool. Thank you to Tom and Tyler and Nick. Yep, hanging I'm, out with me. I'm familiar with them from Zoom. So yeah. nice guys. Yep. Uh, we had an article from PMAC uh, about why triple IPAs suck. Um, and I actually, I sort of agree with him on principle. Uh, but you don't in although, reality. Uh, here's, my, here's my thought on it in reality is I, a triple IPA I don't think is an actual thing. Um, or a style, uh, naturally. I, I think it's a... There's double IPA and there's Imperial IPA, and I think there's good and bad versions of those. I, I, I hesitate to say something can even be a triple IPA, I guess. It, well, where does, sort of, where does Pliny fit in? Because I thought Pliny was a triple IPA, but maybe I'm wrong. Pliny the Elder? Or at least Younger. Pliny the Younger is supposedly some kind of triple IPA, but it's a 10% IPA. To me, that's Imperial IPA. I don't know. Okay. A lot um, of this is it doesn't just taste, marketing. I, I, it is marketing. That's what I'm saying, right? So there's bad versions of this where you can overhop your beer, yeah. right? Hop creeps real, just people. Tr- you, can, you, can, you can do this with any level of alcohol or malt or whatever. They can be nasty. Yeah. You can uh, overbalance your beer. It doesn't taste good. I remember having one from Founders called Devil Dancer years and years ago before Founders got canceled. Back when they were just doing bad shit. We didn't know yet. But um, it tasted like fucking garlics, like like green garlic. Yeah, well, that's a hop um, issue. Yeah, nasty, you know. Um, I've had things labeled a triple IPA from Burial that are 10%. Yep. Taste great. They're lovely, you know. Would I want to drink more than four or five ounces of it? Probably not, but, you know, it's a big, giant 10 11% IPA, but not out of the question. Yeah. I've never had Pliny the Younger, so I can't tell you if it sucks or not. I don't think um, it does. Vinny knows what he's doing. There's doesn't. no hop, yeah, but hop I, creep going on there. I, I do tend to agree. I, I agree with PMAC that this is, it's a marketing thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think there are double IPAs that have techniques that are like triple IPAs but are called double IPAs because they don't really know that that exists or if it exists. Uh, there are imperial IPAs that are probably hopped like a triple IPA, yep. but it's called an imperial IPA because what the fuck is a triple IPA? It doesn't mean anything. Um, theoretically, if it were going to triple everything, wouldn't it have to be like thirteen or fourteen percent? I don't know. But they're you know? not—they're not tripling anything. This is the the weird nomenclature with 
IPAs, Imperial IPAs, whatever else. They're, they're, they're lines that you get to draw as a brewer, and it depends on what you want to market, how you get to draw that line. And so it's it's completely arbitrary. It's like, okay, there are a lot of brewers that have put triple IPA on their labels that suck. There's also Pliny the Younger. And yes, there's an exception to prove every rule. But if a good brewer brews a good beer and puts triple IPA on the badge, well, then... Good. I think the underlying thought from the article is good where just throwing hops at a beer doesn't no, it's solve not, anything. I mean, that's been true since Ruination and, and all those beers, right? When we yep. were, I mean, I like Ruination, but you, you can't just go hunt. It can't be 1,000 IBU. You can't well, be making Mickler 1,000 IBU and saying that's anything because that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, and it but just it's not even bad. an IBU count now it's, it, because no. some of these dry hops are – are getting crazy, and especially with um, some of the change techniques around the way the the hops are kilned and stuff like that, you are starting to see hop creep. And but a good brewer can take a hop that is notorious for being grassy, like Chinook, and keep it under control. Uh, they won't often put it on the label because people associate that with like cat pee. But a good brewer can control that with his methods and and when he dry hops and how much of the blend that actually is. And that's more important than anything that goes on the label or even the sheer amount of hops. It's about um, control and making sure the beer is at the right stage and the contact times are correct with the right dosing methods. Um, it's a really it's all true. quite complex thing when you get into big, big hop beers. Those that do it well are probably using less hops than those that do it mediocre or badly. They're just throwing hops in hand over fist, probably wasting money and they will have issues with things like hop creep and, and grassy notes and vegetable notes that you do get from too much um, hops. And it's not even hop matter. It was originally thought to be just the actual hop matter and it wasn't a hop oils issue. It's now starting to be more complex than that. Who knew it's not one thing, it's everything in beer that makes things complicated. Although the... The marketing of it is weird, and the phrase is strange. And there wasn't a triple IPA until ten years ago. So I don't. I think they were still making hoppier beers. They were still making double ruination and arrogant bastard and shit. Um, yep. And they just didn't have the word for it. Well, so they just slapped a label on it. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, how if you're Russian River, how do you differentiate all your beers? You can just give them different names and call them all the same style. Or you can um, put some arbitrary tags that you get to decide what they are. You get to decide what those styles are. Sure, there's an official beer style. And, and this is something where I've come sort of full circle on. If you remember back at the start of the podcast, I, I was I was mad that everything was um, li- labelled an IPA. But I think because of stuff like this, I sort of understand where that fits in that brewery's range. It's more... Where does it fit into this brewery's range rather than where does this fit in as an overall style? If I know where their IPA starts, I've got a fair idea where their triple IPA should be. Sure. Um, and that that's where it's helpful, especially when, if they've got an imperial and a double and a triple, then you know where it fits. It's not to say it's three times as strong. I think that's lunacy if any brewery is doing something like that. Speaking of styles that were just made up, uh, Max... Allotment drinking a Cascadian uh, black IPA with a huge burst of lemony pine up front over dark chocolate coffee base, charred malt and licorice notes dry out the finish. Banger. It's great. Um, haven't had a ton of black. I had a cold 
Black Cold IPA from Craft House recently, and it was pretty good. Um, it been a while since I had that style, so I was trying to like get reacquainted with it. It is an yeah. unusual style of beer to drink. Yeah. It's never um, gelled with me. I've had good examples, yeah, it's, but it's like, like what's what's the fucking point? Yeah, delicious, but yeah, just it's a lot it's, of it. You know what? I tried to remind it myself of like um, you having a, a espresso with a lemon twist, you know, something like that flavor yeah. a little bit. Trying to wrap my mind around that. Of flavors, some people just do not jive with. I went to Smoke Beer Preservation Day at the Silver Stamp. We all know Kelly's a huge fan of that. She loves that stuff. She, fortunately for her, she was still in Chicago at this time. Um, so I took myself there. It was lovely. They had a they had a wooden barrel on the bar of the red the the red lager, which was fire. Tasted great. Um, and I sampled some of the other ones. I actually love the Hellas. The Hellas, they don't actually smoke the malt. They just yeah. boil it in the thing that had the smoked malt in it. So it just absorbs like the most gentle smoke quality to it. And, it's and the other thing is they're using the same yeast. So that yeast apparently right. is quite smoky, which I didn't realize. Right. Right. And then they had uh, one of our favorite restaurants here called Yukon Pizza, which has a whole kitchen and makes the best smash burger in town too. Out and made two of the traditional dishes from the from the brewery, one of which was the Bamberg onion, which is a uh, onion filled with ground pork, like stuffed with pork. Oh, that's um, like a sm- and it's a, all smoked together. Then a um, like a smoked cheese platter. Um, uh, I was I was actually st- full. I I had gotten off the plane starving and I had to eat something, so I ate a giant sandwich from Jersey Mike's and then went and did this, but. Um, Everything smelled amazing, and they were doing gravy shots at the bar. So, shout out to <laughs> Love gravy that. shots. It was fun. Um, and then Grammar Purist went out and did himself uh, some Hellas Lager as well over at Surly in Minneapolis. Um, this is the Airy Hell, and it has uh, some uh, hickory with the addition of Puya chilies. Now, a Grammar Purist himself is quite the... Uh, uh, spice head or chili head. Chili head, yep. So he's um, uh, he he did this. It's a, he says uh, pia chilies are a Mexican varietal similar to guayillo, but hotter. They have a light fruity flavor profile with licorice and cherry undertones that brings to mind wild berries. Uh, he says the heat level is uh, present and leaning towards warming. Chilies can be difficult to integrate into beer, but this captures both a pleasant heat and the distinctive flavors of the chili. Is very easy to either overwhelm beer with capsicum heat or go the other direction and become a noticeable oh, name. But he says it's pretty good. Uh, my actually big problem often with these chili beers is that they just taste like eating a green bell pepper and then gets hot at the end. So I'm oh, always like, yeah. See, I've always had the other experience where, to me, it tastes like they've just doused um, cayenne pepper in, and you just get that like one note with like this. Yeah. Unpleasant heat, and it's not even that it's too I mean, hot. It's, it's just in the wrong part of the palate to have it with the, ha- the jalapeno. The jalapeno ones always, to me, just taste like vegetables. I'm like, oh, oh God. of course, yep. Let me get Griff's drunk uncle back at it. Using he's, he's down in Gettysburg, uh, doing some boning on history. Anyways, <laughs> he uh, stopped in at Appalachian Brewing. Had the Jolly Scott Ale, halfway decent, middle of the road brew. The pills was okay. Um. Been to Gettysburg, um, funny enough, years and years ago when I was doing drum corps. 
Lucky me. Well, you have to go um, back to the sort of birthplace of drum corps is Battlefield. So what better Battlefield than yeah. Gettysburg? That's, that is, you know what? I sort of kind of get what you're saying. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, last last couple things here before we move on. Max Allotment drinking some 2018 properly cellared Arthur from Hill Farmstead. Uh, said it may be a year past his prime. The floral goodness is gone. Leave sour apple and lemon. Your astringency from the Brett. I get you, buddy. I hate when that happens. And PMAC with some news. Uh, I actually had not gotten this beer news um, quite yet, so we'll take a look. Epic Brewing yeah. is in liquidation. Um, so this is it. Oh, this is the Epic. This is Australia's Epic Brewing. Uh, it's New Zealand's Epic Brewing, I believe. Oh, fuck. I was like, oh, goddamn, the one in Utah or whatever <laughs> had closed. That makes Big Bad Baptist, but this is a different thing. Okay. Yep. They are famous in Australia, and you could get it at any good bottle shop. So it's sad to see another one bite the dust. But it's just what you get with the maturing of the um, industry, I think. Some brewers are able to stay nimble, stay flexible, but... There is a um, sort of decrease in beer sales at the moment. So we'll see what happens with other beer brands. And this is a beer brand that, at least to me, had a lot of core beers and was sort of designed around a a core market. And in Australia, it seems to be, at least to me on the outside, the breweries that are able to be more flexible, like a Sailor's Grave, like a Deeds, like a mountain culture, they're the breweries that are able to thrive in this marketplace versus those breweries that uh, desi- sort of desire a core range that then they take out into the marketplace and sell those four or five beers. I'm glad to know that I didn't have to go crack open my Big Bad Baptist tonight because I'm not <laughs> ready for that right now. Um, okay. Uh, Tony, I think... We should, uh, we, we, you know what, I appreciate everyone's Australia post. Keep doing that stuff Yep. Uh, and uh, giving us some good stuff there. Uh, it is helpful. It's been helping me get my, my, my brain around my itinerary. Um, oh, actually, the last two things I will throw out here before we move on, because we really do need to move on. But uh, th- there was a lead in the Tupac Shakur killing. Yes. The Nevada authorities did serve a search warrant this week in Henderson. This was not at my house. Um, was it I OJ? I mean, at least OJ isn't in Henderson, sadly. Uh, OJ is up in Summerlin. I, he would be technically in the Vegas Simmer, city limits in Summerlin, yes. So I, I, do, I don't think OJ is involved. <laughs> I think he's and, and good luck finding him. He's he uh, <laughs> actually Obes is probably right. He's at Chinglish or he's at <laughs> fucking Wahoos is is what I hear. But. Um, but why haven't you run into did, him if he's at Wahoos? We know you love to. He doesn't go to my Wahoos. He goes oh. to a different Wahoo. He goes to the Wahoos in Summerlin, in downtown Summerlin. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't come hang down with the scrubs like me down and uh, my pals down at the Rainbow. OJ, if you're listening, say hi. I'm, I'll be. Don't don't bring a weapon. I'll be at Rainbow. We'll uh, supply the, the Rainbow, glove, OJ. Be at the Rainbow Wahoos if you guys want to chill out. Actually, nobody else. Keep that out so nobody comes and murders me. Just <laughs> um, don't know when I'm going to be there. Going to stake out Rainbow Wahoos every me. Tuesdays, five to eight. Yeah, man, I'm there on Tuesdays, guys. Wink. Um, 
had two next door posts I had to get up here, Tony. Um, uh, I put them in Quora Popery. Uh, this one's from Rebecca Emmons. After nearly 21 years, Gary is leaving me. He doesn't like the weather here and wants to move back to Washington. After the divorce, I don't see how either of us can afford a place to live. Any suggestions? And then a picture of her face from about four inches away. Her face. Can I give her a I feel a bad for this lady. Yeah. Move to Mesquite. Um, and see oh, if yeah, you can find a roommate. Up there. Yeah. Right. Perfect. Uh, it is sad that Gary left her because he was like, it's too hot. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Jeez. The heat must have got to Gary. Either that or he's given up. And this one from Donna Lee. Doctor said I must eat more vegetables. I love broccoli. Do you think I overdid it? And she does appear to have put some kind of broccoli filter over her face. It's quite disturbing. Um, yep. Have you seen this, Tony? I have. It is really disturbing. It's quite bad. So take a look at that. Tony... Let's move on. Let's do the logger of the week. Okay, let's do that. Griff's logger of the week. Griff's logger of the week. Hi, Tony. My logger of the week uh, is definitive. Uh, even though I did just enjoy the Italian pills from Triptych. Uh, in Savoy, Illinois, I much uh, I could not have enjoyed more this logger by Dovetail and Revolution, a collaboration what? between those two those two fellers uh, and ladies in uh, uh, the Ravenswood and Avondale neighborhoods, uh, by, who made this the Thank You Friends Hopfen Logger. Between Dovetail and Revolution Brewing, Dovetail brought the decoctions and Rev brought the hops. Uh, this triple decocted and open fermented pale lager is hopped with hops so new they're still numbered and not named. That's weird for us at Dovetail. Uh, this was stupid good, uh, insanely refreshing. Uh, hops were slightly citrusy but not overpowering, and it drank easier than anything ever. Um, it was so lovely. And a perfect uh, foil for the barrel-aged barley wines I was drinking at the time. So, hands on any package of this beer, but it was killer. Recommend if you find your way into it. My lager of the week is by a um, brewery out of um, Katoomba called Mountain Culture, sure. known for their I know them guys, yeah. hazy, hazy beers. This was crystal clear. It was a Doppelbock called Physical Comedy. Um, they know how to make good beer, whether it's cloudy or smooth. So Those guys are good at it. All right, let's do Beer of the Week. Let's do Beer of the Week. Something to look through. Tony, what do you got? Anything? Oh, anything. The really yeah, everything. you got all them blobfish beers. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like that um, that Dr Pepper um, that Nick was talking about that I inhaled. That was actually good. Once my nose recovered, that was a, a great beer. Right, yeah. Um, Flow Lane Brewing had um, 
to the fruit to the fruit farm, which was a wild ale. It was absolutely killer. Um, I didn't take the photos. Nick um, took photos. Uh, there was so many other stuff, but the one that sticks in my yeah. mind, we spoke about it earlier, and it's because it wasn't too sour and it it had, wasn't overly bodied. It was the peach peach nectarine. I was told it was peach peace, but uh, it was labelled by the the brewers as uh, peach peach nectarine, and it had two different types of peaches in it. There was a white peach and some other kind of peach, and a nectarine. And he, he said the fruiting rate was was insane, and you could tell it was insane. Uh, just a beautifully light body, not overly tart, just absolutely killer. What about you, Griff? All right, what I got to go stone fruit on it, too. I'm going to do two here because I just drank too much good stuff. Funny, I went to the Hop Leaf, uh, visited the very famous beer bar in Chicago called the Hop Leaf, uh, Belgian and German food as well, always an insane uh, beer and uh, bottle list and draft list. But this draft was shocking even to me when I walked in the door and saw that they had Cantillon Fafon draft. Draft, uh, not in bottles. Draft, Tony. Wow. Uh, the phone is your apricot, Cantillon apricot sour. Uh, and it is wonderful. It's beautiful. I've had it twice before, I think. Once at Zwanzi Day and once at a Mikla. bar in Stockholm. Oh. And um, absolutely slaps. It's so different on draft, though. It is way less funky. Um, I... It's not, I don't like it as much, I'll admit, but still amazing. And it tastes like the most idyllic form of an apricot. Every time I eat an apricot, I'm annoyed because it doesn't taste as good as the beers I have with apricot. Okay, but where do you fall on the apricot the dr- texture that drives me nuts? But Where do you fall on the dried apricot? I love them. They're delicious. Dried apricot's good. Um, apricot, like... Desserts are amazing. When you like yep. grill an apricot, if you get it right and you can like grill out and pull some of the um, sugar up to the forefront, really good. Put it in beer, good. Now um, I, I love stone fruit; it's great. But yeah, I will say I did have a transcendent experience with apricots, and there's a local fruit stand that sets up just in the months surrounding Christmas, um, sort of a month before Christmas, and goes a little bit after the New Year's. In a town called Rosedale, uh, it's known for nothing. The town, it's just a town you travel through on the highway. But they set up a, a fruit stall. Um, they're known for selling their cherries, which is a Christmas thing in Australia. Don't know whether it is in America or not, but it's uh, well. You guys tend to have different growing season, what yep. with the seasons being backwards and all. Yeah, but they often supply stone fruit, and they had bags of apricots. They were five dollars for these one kilo. Might have been two kilo bags mm-hmm. of apricots. And they were just perfect. Like, I've never had a supermarket apricot or any other kind of apricot that lived up to that. So you get them at their absolute peak, and they do live up to the hype. But I agree with you, they're kind of a fruit that is destined for some other prep, whether it be drying or grilling or macerating. Um, But get them at their peak, they can be amazing. They can be uh, moments. Well, the, the, the beer I have to speak about that goes just right there with, with that one is the 
Probably the best uh, draft-only option I had at Rev. Um, I mean, I actually got to have this out of a glass because I drank it a day early. Um, <laughs> so they released it for season ticket, people. It was the DBVSOL, Double Barrel, Very Special Old Lumberstruck. Um, now, Lumberstruck was another one of those unusual ones from the Deepwood series that was a wine barrel-aged barley wine. Yep. Let's, let me talk you through what this was. Following that seven-month-long rest in young French oak DSM wine barrels from Saxum in Paso Robles, this black barley wine was dosed with additional single-origin French oak, rebarreled in a George Dickel 18-year bourbon barrel, and finished with a slug of extreme vanilla French oak for a further year. This sweet maple-forward barley wine is balanced with a rich, towering oak structure and just enough booze to ready the palate for another sip. This was a monster of a beer, ton of booze flavor, which you know I love, <laughs> yep. and a ton of vanilla and oak flavor, which you know I love. This was somehow the polar opposite of a Horace Stout. <laughs> um, even, I mean, I guess the polar opposite would be like a fucking seltzer, but this was the closest you could get by barrel aging. Um, carried sweetness without being sweet without being painfully sweet or having additions. It was monster barrel flavor and even had that like oak, that true oak flavor that can almost be astringent but wasn't. Yep. Um, God, that was good. That was one of the best um, draft-only variants I've ever had there. And uh, I've been lucky to try a lot of good ones, but that one was really a shocker. So um, plus on that, Rev. Nice job as usual. Turns out those guys are getting pretty good at this barrel aging shit out there. I love a good barrel age. Um, what I'm trying to find the brewery that we had at Blobfish. I can't remember. They were out of New South Wales. They're they're a husband and wife team, and they had stock ales and old ales, and they were absolutely killer. Um, and he put a, um, I think it's actually Slow Lane Brewing, um, and they put a five year best before date on their can. Which is, and he said that's probably undervaluing how long you can age it. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you know what? We got a little. Sh- I got a quick hyper beer nerd dork shit news. Why don't we do that? Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. We're gonna, just, we're gonna bang through this because I got a fun game. I think. So, Anchor Brewing Co. workers gain support from SF supervisors to take over business. This is by Gloria Rodriguez of Fox. Sorry, ABC Seven News, and uh, it uh, so the San Francisco board is showing support for Anchor Brewing Company employees owning the company. So the background of this is um, they're trying to get Sapporo to sell to the employees through some kind of co-op conversion, yeah, and urges them not to sell before the workers can try to raise funds. So they're looking for money. I know the or the union is looking for money. Try to get this thing done. Because um, the thing is, this isn't really about the success or failure of Anchor Brewing. This is Sapporo going the Jack um, Welsh route where they're looking to bulk up their paper profits. That's why Anchor's being shuttered and that's why they want to get it done quick so it goes on this year's balance sheet so they can write it off and get a big tax break. So I hope they actually look after their major brand and um, and their their sort of opinion within the business community at least 
and allow these employees enough time to potentially raise the funds where they can buy it because that will be the best of all worlds. Again, we're not talking about somebody that's putting out revolutionary beer, but it's beer that still needs to be on sale in my view. It would be interesting if I think they, the employee take over because I think they, they would have a chance to, to make some beers that would be more interesting, right? Yep. Um, if, if they had somebody in charge who was, like, scared. <laughs> yep. Uh, maybe. You know, as, as we were talking about last week, maybe there's some room to make, like, a barrel-aged old foghorn or Ooh, coffee yeah. anchor porter or... Um, Hop Anchor IPA or something, or, or Liberty Ale or something like that, right? Um, there's, there's room for innovation. Uh, it doesn't have to come at expense of just like established all your core brands. Yep. It can actually help them. And also, uh, you don't have to make just shit for the. You don't have to make fruit gloop and Mexican lager and hazy IPA because nobody's going to buy it from you anyways. So no, but what they uh, may buy from you is extreme beer or extreme hard tea, if our next story is to be uh, anything to go by. Um, This sounds fun, huh, Tony? So I've had twisted tea like once in my life, and I gave me a horrible – I I got a very quite bad hangover. This is from Vine Pear. Twisted tea announces 8% ABV extreme lineup. Prepare to get a little more twisted this summer. Uh, they're dropping a new line of high ABV hard teas, uh, Twisted Tea Extreme, offered in two flavors at 8% ABV, select te- test markets next month. And this came out two weeks ago, so it looks like coming up here in August we might run into this. Uh, the new flavors are Lemon and Blue Raz. I hope I hope my wife heard that from the other room. Blue Raz. <laughs> tea. She loves Blue Raz. Uh, primarily headed to convenience stores and highly developed twisted tea, highly developed twisted tea <laughs> markets is such a great phrase. <laughs> That's really good. Um, uh, twisted tea's parent company is eyeing states like New York, Montana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Vermont. So, okay, so if you guys need to know where there's a highly developed twisted tea market, Montana, paying attention, York, Montana. You keep your asses in Bozeman, will be twisted teed up to the goddamn eyeballs. Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Vermont. That's really funny. Really developed twisted tea market. What an excellent statement. Um, the company plans to gather product feedback in the coming months before offering the boozier teas nationwide. Am I going to be in any of these states? I hope no, I'm not. I mean, I, I, I had to like review it and be like, okay, I'm going to be in Florida. Florida is not one of them. Okay, so Florida is not a highly developed market. All right, good to know. Uh, while Boston Bee continues to dominate the FMB space, more and more brands are getting into the boozy tea market. Late last month, Monster Energy expanded its alcoholic offerings with the announcement of Nasty Beast lineup of 6% <laughs> ABV twisted teas. What is going on in this fucking space? Um, I gotta, I got to bring that up. Lipton and Peace Tea brands primarily for their non-alcoholic brews also shared plans for their own hard tea lines in 2023. And we know Arizona did one too. Yeah, Monster Energy is dropping Nasty Beast hard teas this year. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Now, hold on. Let me scroll through. Let me see what the highly developed monster markets are. Oh, they don't have that in here. Okay, that's fine. All right. 
really developed. That's really excellent, Tony. That one made me laugh. I loved it. Uh, why don't we move on to the game, which I'm not sure is going to be making you laugh too much at all. Today, it's the return of a game we haven't played in a while. I hope you have that sound ready, Tony. It's two brews and a lie. Beer. 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 That was a lie. Yeah! That's a good sound. You made that when you were still like making quick, quick hit sounds. <laughs> yeah. I know. I should have extended that out. That that could have been a good 30 to 40 you seconds have longer. 45 seconds song at the end of it um all right tony uh so guess what i did today i i got a, I got a little email from a beer newsletter that i follow uh called got guys drinking beer a chicago beer newsletter oh griff has frozen he on. said uh hey oh he's back maybe nope he's freezing on me stand by the mori povich effect is real and has done damage to our internet connection. Great. Yep, so, uh, Tony, I got this email from these guys drinking beer, and they told me that they got their hands on the new labels for the new round of Bourbon County Stout. This is an early leak. Uh, These came through the uh, TTB, which I don't really quite know what that stands for, but it's the group that has to approve all your beer labels here in the States. And they get submitted, and they become public record and public viewing as they get submitted. Um, now, I will say to this that um, sometimes they do drop some labels that are not going to end up real beers. Yep. Um, or aren't going to get released, or maybe don't taste uh, right by the time of packaging. So um, this could actually be um, one brew, one lie. Theoretically. And one potential beer that so, never made it to market. Doesn't quite I don't have the think same there's gonna be. I don't think there's going to be many. I think the, the amount of labels leads me to believe that almost everything I've picked uh, is going to get released. Okay. So we're going to go with it. Uh, we're not going to – I won't call it necessarily these are going to be real beers, but it is two real labels and something I made up. So two of these beers are something that Goose Island's at least thinking about making – or trying to make um, until they taste it and say, fuck that. <laughs> um, but who knows what they're doing now? They're probably just trying to put as much product out as they can, would be my guess. So we'll see how it goes. But I have three rounds, as usual. If you guys remember this game from a while back, there's three rounds. Two of these beers are real, and one is fake. It's made up by me, and Tony has to guess which one made I made up. So Tony, let's see. Let's see if I can, can get through this. Without uh, Kelly, some gave some, uh, Kelly gave me some advice on this, and I didn't take it. So it's going to be funny because <laughs> I just didn't. Well, I I just um, I got caught up like cooking my dinner and everything, and then I just didn't do it. So you're just going to have to you're just going to roll with it. Okay, it's first round. The first round is just sort of your your straight up traditional adjunct versions. All right. Yep. First, first one up, this is Goose Island Bourbon County brand Backyard Stout. It is a stout aged in bourbon barrels with mulberries, boysenberries, and marionberries. Isn't he a mayor? Uh-huh. What? Isn't Marion Berry a ex-Chicago mayor? Though? Marion Berry was, no, he was the mayor of Washington, D.C., and he oh. was like a cokehead. Um, crackhead. But yes, he was a mayor, yeah, right. Or maybe a crackhead, yeah. Next one up. 
<clears throat> Goose Island Bourbon County brand Chinese breakfast stout. This is a stout aged in bourbon barrels with, is it pure, pure tea? The smoked tea? Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, plums and vanilla. Oh, man, this is tough. And then the third one is the Goose Island Bourbon County brand Tea Time Stout. And this one is Stout Asian Bourbon Barrels with chamomile, honey, and lemon. Ooh. I don't know whether Marion Berry is a real berry. That's what's got me bamboozled there. I know he's a mare, as we established. Um, so that... that you could be playing a trick on me there, or it could be a real berry that I'm not familiar with. Or mm-hmm. I I could see them doing the pu'er tea. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, I'm going to go with the last one. I just, I don't know, I, I, I don't see much chamomile being used and certainly not in a big beer like that. I think that would get lost. So that's why I'm going yeah. to go with chamomile I, is the lie. I made that one up. Uh, okay, so the one I made up was the middle one, Tony. I made up the Chinese breakfast out. Uh, this is the one that Kelly actually told me to change the name of, but I got you anyway, so that's good. <laughs> I don't go by she's the like, name. There's no, way, there's no way Anheuser-Busch would name something Chinese after they've had all this like woke pressure and everything. And I was like, yeah, probably, but um, I couldn't come up with anything better. So... Uh, Tony, you get that one wrong. Uh, we're just going to turn the whole thing red so that I know that you got that one wrong. Um, okay, so you got two left. This is the big barrel round, all right? These are all your big barrel two-year reserve type things here, okay? Okay. Let's see if you can get which one I made up here. First one, Goose Island, Bourbon County brand. Two-year XO Stout. This is a stout aged in Journeyman Rye Barrels. Uh, Journeyman's a distillery from Michigan. Uh, and it's finished in cognac punchins. Uh, the next one up is the Goose Island Bourbon County brand two-year cask finish stout. This is a rye stout aged in Angel, Angel's Envy Rye Whiskey Barrels and finished in Caribbean Rum Barrels. Uh, and then uh, the next one is Goose Island Bourbon County brand two-year reserve stout, which is a stout aged in Bardstown Bourbon Company rye whiskey barrels. Bardstown is a bourbon trail one, I believe, and finished in cherry wood and oak barrels. So these are all kind of complicated. You got the first one was the cognac punch and finish. They're all just kind of finished differently. Uh, the first one was uh, rye and cognac. The second one was rye and Caribbean rum. And the third one was rye, cherry wood, and oak. I, for whatever reason, the middle one is screaming out for me. It does ring true. Um, so that's where I'm going. I'm going to go with the middle one. I have no other, there's no other deep thought into this. It's not the naming convention. You're going with the, you're going with the rum barrel one? Yeah. I don't know why. A feeling. A I think it's probably because I always dislike rum barrel age stuff. Yeah, I think but it un- could be. Un- unfortunately, that's a real one. Unfortunately <laughs> for all of us, that is a real one. Uh, the one I made up was the bot was the first one, the XO Stout, aged in cognac punchins. Honestly, the ones I've good. made up fucking sound good. I think that the P 
pure tea, plums and vanilla sounds good, by the way, because that tea is like smoke, like a little smoky, tiny bit. Yep. And you get some fruit with it and the vanilla. I bet that'd be good as hell, dude. They should make that and not chamomile tea. And they should make cognac punch and stout and not rum. Come on, bitch. Figure it out. <laughs> Uh, all right, so you you got them both wrong. That's fine. I, I can remember that now. I lose. All right, we're going to switch it up for you for the last one. Let's see if we can squeeze out one one victory for you here. Now, this Thanks. turns it around on you. This turns it around on you because these are all prop variants. Now, there's only one prop. So in this case, you're going to have to tell us which one is real. Okay, this is even tougher. Right, two, Jesus, you want to two fake screw ones and one real one. Yep. I have yeah, a feeling, people, we're going to get two brews and a lie more often because this is a tough game. It's for working me. out for me, yeah, but it is a lot of work. I feel it's fucking hard to with AI up. these days. Just put in your variations and let it come up with it. No, AI isn't good enough at coming up with pure tea and plums and vanilla and cognac and everything. All right, these are your prop variants. You got to guess the real one. Two reels and a fake. Or sorry, no, two fakes and a real. Yeah, two fakes so and a real. Two lies and a brew. Uh, so first one up, a stout. So these are all your props. So first one, stout aged in bourbon barrels with coconut and cocoa and finished in Star Union cherry brandy barrels. Okay, well, we can discard that. that that's a Griff special. Those are all Griff ingredients. That's a lie. To quote Murray Povich, <laughs> that's a lie. Well it, sound, well, it sounds good, doesn't it? It's a lie. Uh, the second one, I wouldn't discard it that fast. Wait till you hear the rest of these. <laughs> Uh, stout aged in bourbon barrels with cardamom, peppermint, juniper, clove, and orange and finished in Amaro barrels. Sounds kind of gross. I think that could be real. And the third one is stout aged in bourbon barrels with grapefruit peel, fennel, aniseeds, caraway, and finished in Malort-soaked Jepson's bourbon <laughs> casks. Jesus, they all suck balls. Um now, remember, remember what prop is. It's the beer only released to Chicago. Yeah, I know. Which You want me, you want me to push into the, the, the um, it's Jepson Malort beer, but I don't think it is. I actually think it's that middle one. That is something that the middle Bud, is the real one? Yeah, that Budweiser could put out. There's no way the Chicago public would be willing to buy a Malort aged beer. So I'm You're getting... so wrong, but you are correct in the beer you chose. That was right. That is the real one. It sounds horrible. It sounds awful. Cardamom, peppermint. I like cardamom, and I like Amaro. But no, so cardamom, peppermint. peppermint, juniper, clove, and orange. It's like fucking gin. Yeah, it's a gin beer. Oh, God. The, I, I'd honestly buy the Malort one first. Just curious. <laughs> just like fascination. I'd be like, right, I don't know. I mean, at least anise and grapefruit peel and malort. Like, okay, whatever, sure. Um, actually, the best one, that, obviously the best one is the top one. <laughs> Which is your fantasy bee? <laughs> Coconut and cocoa. And I had to look up if you can age cherry brandy in a barrel because when you make Black Forest gateau, yep. you just, you, you're supposed to put Kirschwasser in it. You are. You know? But... uh Nobody, you can't. You, nobody puts fucking Kirschwasser in a barrel. It's clear. So, I found someone who did it. But anyways, that's cool. Tony, I want that one. They should make that one. They should not make the other one, and they should make the Malort one. Uh, that's my advice to Goose Island. <laughs> and they shouldn't make chamomile, honey, and lemon cough. I, I have a, I have the flu stout. 
and they should make pure tea, pure air tea, plum and vanilla stout. And they shouldn't make rum barrel, and they should make <laughs> cognac punching. So they should just make my beers and and get rid of all this other crap. That's my advice. But Tony, you got one out of three. That was a pretty hard game, so I'll let you live for for another week so we can do the show. Well, you normally make me donate to a charity. Um, oh, which I think. Well, you know what? You can. You know what? I think you're a kind man, and I just trust that you're going to donate your requisite million dollars without me holding the gun to the back of your head like I've been yep, doing to for the, the Bronny James Art Institute. Years. Right. Very nice of you, Tony. Thank you. Yeah, because um, uh, we need to research whether it was just an athlete with a heart problem, or it was my myocarditis brought on by the vaccine. I'm oh my god! Go I with- saw that, dude. I was like losing it. Don't make me go off on this while we're trying to wrap up the show. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking, like, Drazen Petrovic came from a Slavic country. Perhaps he was given an early version of the vaccine. That's why he dropped dead <laughs> on a basketball court. Just a thought. It's just as logical yeah. as any other thought, Christ- especially Christian coming Erickson. out of RF- <laughs> RFK's head. Maybe maybe that's what happened to Christian Erickson in 2018 or whatever it was when yep. that happened. Uh, Definitely. God. Early version of the So vaccine. miserable. I, I just looking at that and being like, oh, that's so that's really depressing. I hope not to, not that basketball is a thing, but he is a great basketball player. So you want him to be able to come back and play. And you know, I was I was remembering that Erickson had had the um the internal defibrillator installed. Um, yep. And he can still play soccer. And I'm like, that fucking rocks. So maybe Bronny, even if he did have to get an internal defib installed, could still play. You know, that'd be great. And maybe he doesn't need any of that. Maybe he'll yeah. get lucky like DeMar Hamlin. It was just a freak thing. He has to maybe take some medicine for a while. They'll they'll monitor him and, and he'll be fine. Right. But um, just the, the fact that the first thing that anyone says is goddamn Elon Musk with we can't discount the on COVID. X. Fuck you, you stupid piece of shit. God damn. Not on Twitter head. anymore, on X. Oh, gross. On X. On now, X. We Ironically, those, the company that makes my made my heart valves is called on X. I'm not kidding. That's actually true. Well, I've just had a thought, perhaps because we all know, if we listen to Alex Jones, that COVID is a race-specific bioweapon. And, That's right. of course, the first one to be taken out would have been Len Byers, the uh, Boston Celtics rookie. I know yeah, they said it was cocaine, man. but I disagree. Yeah. I think it was an early version of the mRNA vaccine. Just just putting it out there. I think the theory is valid. Disprove me. Disprove me, motherfuckers. You get an autopsy on him, and I see the autopsy results. A modern autopsy, none of this fucking 1984 bullshit. <laughs> I yeah. just, I, okay. I, I think the only way to um, defeat um, stuff like that is not to fight it. It's just to get crazier and just show them. Yeah, just how say something really insane. Yeah. Are. Yep. So, so just uh, some of the most bon- Yeah, I mean, there's really. The fact is there's really no way to fight it, right? It's just to, you have to try to – because you can't argue with the guys. They they will never – there's no winning argument. We've talked about that before. There's no no winning argument with that. And yep. It's just it's just a uh, the constant hell of doing that. And Boy, I can't wait to get two 
two and a half beers in and get on the uh, uh, a guest on a other on a friend's podcast and start <laughs> spouting off about this. That'd be great. Well, Tony, you know, it was a lovely you... show. Why don't you tell people where they can find us? Yeah, huh? if you want to hear us spout crazy conspiracy theories, check us out on X. Well, no, don't check us out on X. Check us out on Untapped. That's where we would really spew our major conspiracy bullshit. That man yep. is Griff AD, across from me. He's checking in all kinds of stuff. Me, I'm just checking in sours from Blobfish. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. If you want to lodge a complaint, we don't give a shit. Don't don't Go send us it. an email. I would but actually, if you, if you want to I would send actually us, love it if you lodged a complaint. Awesome. <laughs> okay. All your complaints to beerengineshow at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, yeah. beerengine at Beer Engine Pod. Does that get us an account with the new social media that Meta are launching? Whatever that one's called. And I could get on I could get on threads. Yeah, I mean I just haven't. Yes, yeah, fine. I don't it's it's I don't know. I'm not really the most active on social media, even with our own group and Yeah. Uh at Discord's where I'm it's sorry, at people. gang. It's in the Come on Discord, that's where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you want to be. But if you want to send us money, because um this beer doesn't grow on trees. Um, you can do that at ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. Man, we're fucking professionals. So much more professionals than those hacks over at this ain't Iowa version too. Because the host actually forgot how he introduced the show. And he was waiting on me to do something. I'd already hit the record button. If you're familiar with that show, you know he always does the date first. Nope, we sat there for 10 seconds. It was awesome. <laughs> well, he blamed that. me for not not doing anything with the board. It was great. It was so good. And, and gang, uh, just, I will be on that show. I will be on such this highly professional show that has um, somewhere in the ballpark of the same amount of listeners as us, I'm sure. Uh, I will be joining them uh, in two weeks. So if you guys want to hear me do something else, and Lord help you if you do, uh, you could do that. Check out TAIV2. As much as we pick on them, they're lovely folks, and we, of course, uh, and I'm going to eat a steak with Brian next week, and I'm. it's going to be <laughs> awkward. And every time we do anything together, I spend the whole time thinking about how gay it looks. It's really <laughs> great to think about. It's cool. Do you feed each other, uh, Lady thank- in the Tramp style? Well, maybe we'll try it this time. Excellent. I want to say photos. Uh, thank you, Tony. Very good stuff. Uh, We will be back next week with some more nonsense. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.